last we left our intrepid adventurers, you were back on the deck of the Dark Discovery, which is currently labeled Draco Skydiver. And you were discussing your plans for breaking into the Sunken Hills Mansion that is owned by Laust Zymir, the Elven Magistrate, or I should say an Elven Magistrate, who was called back to the capital of the Neely Beata Empire. Uh, you were given this information by Foss. While you were on the deck, or while you were below decks talking about this, two sticks, Anders, also known as Sticks, showed back up and said, Hey, do you have a smuggling hold on this ship? And Cade said, Yes. He goes, Good, you may need it. And then gestured to a squad of elven soldiers that were making their way down the dock towards your ship. And so that is where we are going to pick up right now. You have probably a minute to a minute and a half before this squad of soldiers, if they are coming to your ship, and they are, before they board. What would you guys like to do? Cato Flash sticks a, a, a thank you smile and shut the door and turn around and look to Lander and Cranthon and say, hide, smuggling hold, now, elves, this way, come. Very well. And then Cranthon will start moving quickly down to the smuggling hold. Lander's going to take Albie in his arms and take him down to the smuggling hold. And I actually realized that we have a better smuggling hold than I originally thought. Because what happens is, is I get Cranthon to rip out a piece of the wall and then he puts it back in place. And then I mend it back together as if it was seamless all along. Everyone will grab the parchment with the notice for their wanted posters on the table. And he will quickly throw it onto the uh, fire so that there's no evidence of it there. And then I will uh, grab I'll grab some cloth from one of the bunks. I'll rush in and grab some cloth, and I will make a sling and uh, wrap up my fake astral phantasm missing arm and put it in the sling. Give me a roll for that to see if you can get it tied convincingly before they show up. I'm not sure what that will Do you have any skills that would apply to that? Or would um, let's see here. Slide of hand? Deception? Yeah, I mean, deception, sleight of hand, uh, performance. I'll give you sleight of hand. because you're I, trying to. Can I help him? Medicine? I'd, uh, yeah, I'd like to can, help him. Yeah, if, 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 that's what, if you want to do that with him, then yeah. you don't have to roll. Getting over to Cranton, though, you are too big to fit into any of these smugglers' holds on the lower level. But you guys would know that. So but I'm going to give you a chance to, if you want to do something else, if you just want to try to play hide and seek, but you're way too big to go into any of the smuggler's holds. Granting, the, uh, the darkling Grant. that you have, I mean, that's probably like the largest one that you have available, and, and he or it is in that one. Yeah, we, we try to keep Cranthon away from that because we don't want him to maybe kill the darkling if he's magically. You could always climb over the side of the ship and just hang on and hope they don't see you. what's wrong with your ship captain it's got a bit of a list taken on water just on one side you (laughs) have hydraulics on this thing like it's it's a hoopy anything we're able to wave jump in the first or second episode (laughs) speaking of which good thing we cleaned those dead elves off the front (laughs) yeah just maybe we should have left no, them we off. didn't we clean it off. off. Lander cleaned them off. <laughs> Appropriate chore. All right, Cranthon, we're running out of time. you got to make a decision. I, I think Cranthon would just go downstairs and hide in one of the rooms and and just, like, close the door and then, like, jump up in a bunk or something. You should, sit, you should sit against the door so that they can't open it. 
All right, so Cranton is downstairs, uh, basically just inside of a of a room, trying to be small. Uh, Lander, you are hiding Albie inside of a smuggler's hold. That's correct. And where are you going to be? Can I fit into the smuggler's hold with Albie? It would be very tight, but I'll say that you could you could squeeze in there. But it's going to be uncomfortable, and you're probably going to regret it when you come out the other side. Okay. I got some snacks in my pocket to keep us occupied. Cade's going to return from the galley with a sausage, like a fairly decent-sized sausage, and he's going to put that in a sling and, and wrap that up so that, you know, there's a little bit of, like, meat in there where his arm would be. And, uh, yeah. He, well, he has an actual arm. It's just a phantom arm. So there's already physically something there. So if I spectral. so if I wrap it up, like wrap my hand oh, up, I'm it'll sorry, look I like it was a hand. Just like a spectral arm that wasn't really. A it is, but it has weight and mass. Oh, okay. Well then, well then he's going to be eating the sausage when they, when they <laughs> yes. come on board, <laughs> only if it's cooked. So, yeah, it's all sausage, not an elf thing. So I'll see. You guys are like facing to each other, and just very guiltily when they start to come on board, you'll turn around and you're just holding a big sausage with a big bite missing. <laughs> So you are hailed from below, and the, it is a very sharp elven speech. I'll translate it because I'm not going to speak elven. And it essentially says, ho there, coming aboard. And then they start to come up the gangplank unless you're going to stop them. Kate will walk out to the deck. I, Everin, will walk out of the galley, and I'll stay up on that upper deck far away from them so they can essentially not get up close to see my, my uh, sling. Uh, so the uh, soldiers come on board. There are eight of them. Uh, one that appears to be like a, a captain or a sergeant or something, uh, and uh, seven soldiers. The uh, the one that's in charge takes a step forward and says, are you the captain of this vessel? Again, he's speaking in Elvin. He would anticipate you returning that honor. Does he have any obvious signs of rank on his... Y- yes, he has some sort of sign of rank. We'll say he's a sergeant, and you would recognize that as well. Ah, uh, greetings, Corporal. Welcome aboard the Draco Skydiver. He um, has like a really tight sort of grit, like he grits his teeth a little bit at, at that. Oh, uh, my apologies, sir. I, 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 bad eyes. He kind of, he kind of squints and looks at him again. Let me repeat the question. Are you the captain of this vessel? Uh, yes, I am. And what is your name? Cade. What is your last name? Whistlegate. He looks down. There's like a, almost like a clipboard. He's flipping some papers and he's sort of shaking his head. And then he looks to the rest of his soldiers I will be speaking to the captain in his quarters. The rest of you search the ship for any contraband. Okay. And then he will start to uh, basically gesture for you to lead on to the, onto your quarters. Would you also like to speak with the owner of the ship? I thought you were the captain of the ship. Ah, uh, yes, I am the captain of the ship, but it's not my ship. I merely run the ship, as I am a seagoing individual. My good friend up here... I will begin my inquiries with you, Captain, and if I need to speak to the uh, the master of the ship, I will do so. So please, hurry on. Sausage? No, thank you. Okay. Takes a bite. So uh, he basically follows you right up to his he, to your quarters. I assume you walk in with him. Yeah. Uh, it has been cleaned up since Albie was in there, but there's still evidence of a wild animal having been in your office recently with gouges all over the desk and door. And well, uh, I did an immaculate job cleaning that room <laughs> up. Well, there's no owlbear feces, but I don't. you haven't had time to get around to mending all the scratches, so those, those are still evident. And the large cut out of the back of his coat that's still there. <laughs> yes. I'll get to it. So uh, he walks in. He will actually take the—he'll go ahead and shut the door— 
And then he actually leans against it and just sighs. Oh, whew. How are you? Great. And you? I'm doing great. Oh, sorry. Spellbound. Ah. But after a second, he'll say, uh, Mortison wishes for me to speak to you. All right. So we're going to take a little flashback here. We find ourselves back inside the concealed casino bar uh, where we first met Cade. You are standing at the door trying to get back out, but you find it is barred and locked against you. You turn around and that figure that you saw earlier who was watching you, who's, who just looks kind of like a hairless dwarf, but, but shriveled beyond recognition, is standing there with two of his super muscular human guards. And you find yourself quickly picked up and tussled and pushed forward. And you're basically marched back out into the bar area. You walk past uh, Shelly, who gives you sort of a mocking smile through her now broken jaw as you are led up to what, what we kind of thought was like, it's almost like a VIP room. Anytime you try to say anything, like if you try to ask you know, what's going on, where are you going, they give you a little clap on the back of the head and they just kind of keep marching you forward. Once you go past that room, you start descending a stairway, and the ambiance around you changes drastically. It, it looks like you are transitioning into a cave of some sort, and there are torches, but you can tell they're not real torches. They're like magically lit torches, and the best guess you can think of is this is some sort of like dwarven hold. It looks like the stories of where dwarves lived. Go ahead and roll me a perception check. Fifteen. So as you're taking a corner, something about the wall catches your eye, and it's very clear to you that this is window dressing. It's fake. This isn't a real cave that you're in. This has been designed to to look like a cave. You go just a little bit ways further, and it actually opens up into a, just like a huge room. I mean, at this point, you you don't you must be so far down below the city. You're not, you're not even sure where you are in relation to where you started, honestly. But it's just this huge open uh, room. It's, it's very well lit, but it still looks like a natural cave. And the two human guards sort of push you in and then close the door. So you're in there with that figure basically alone. And he keeps walking, just sort of assuming that you will follow him. And about three-fourths of the way across this big, wide-open room, there is a line of of arcane symbols that are carved into the floor almost exactly following the sort of the curve of this room, but not exactly. And it looks to you as though those runes extend underneath these walls, which you assume to be fake at this point. Uh, So clearly it's some sort of magical spell or ritual that extends in a very large area, and this is just a piece of it. And he walks right up to the edge of it, and he looks past it, uh, he puts his hands behind his back. Oh, the The image that you kind of conjure is that he's like a ship's captain looking out over his bow. And he just looks that way for, you know, like a minute to the point that it's kind of getting awkward. And finally, he'll turn back around and he'll just look at you. And he, he speaks in a voice that it seems like a very weak voice. And it actually, the pitch goes up and down quite a lot. And he says, who are you? Kate will hold a stare for... A couple seconds longer. Cade Thorngage, pleasure to meet you. That is yet to be seen. Do you know who I am? No. Other than the 
I imagine, the proprietor and owner of this establishment. You could say that, and then some. My name is all but forgotten. Some days myself, I don't even recall it. But those who know me today know me as Mortison. How did you come to learn the term spellbound? Are you a gambling man by chance? He actually smiles a little bit at that, and his eyes somewhat flit up. Like you can imagine he's looking (laughs) upwards towards the casino that you just left. I have been known to wager time to time. Well, let's say that I won it in a life or death game of Three Dragon Ante. He chuckles a bit. I can only assume the others lost and their lives because no one would give that name up otherwise. You would be correct. He'll come closer to you. And I mean, this is a big natural cave, but there's actually like chairs and table and you know, there's, there's a place to sit down. He, he'll pull up a seat and he'll gesture for you to do the same. I'll sit down. So Cade, you went through a lot to get into my establishment probably more than you're even aware. And you did it for, and he pulls out of his pocket that cloth that you had taken from the wall, for this. I have to know why. It's a map. A map? To a ship. I'm sorry, Kate. I think you've been misled. Well, I'm going to have to pay someone a visit then. Hmm. You interest me, though. And is it a ship that you're after? Yes, I'm in the market for a replacement. I'm sure the loss of your other ship has a wonderful story. Yeah, it it, uh, ends with a point and a long drop. Then I will offer you a trade. You tell me this story, and I will tell you where you can find a ship. A ship for a story? A ship for a story. Well, in that case, I'm going to need a drink. He'll snap his fingers, and somehow the the human guards that are really far away and outside the room come in instantly, and they'll come over and they'll pour two large mugs of ale, put them down in front of each of you, leaving the sort of quarter tankard, and then they'll walk back out. Kato waits for the door to close, and once it does, he takes a sip and thinks to himself, it's pretty good. Well, it all started with a woman. Cut back to present day and um, this uh, elven soldier gives you the call sign of spellbound letting you know that he is like you part of the Mordasan criminal empire so I need to know what you talk to Foss about Mordasan is very interested in this Foss character and uh, I need to know what what you talk to him about Foss hired us for a job to retrieve an item from the a state of the ma- the elven magistrate. Zymir? Yes. Hmm. Did he say what it was? It's a key of some sort. It describes it for him. Really? That's interesting. Okay. So when is this supposed to go down? Next week or so. We, we're still planning in the early stages. I'll see if I can help. I don't know that that's going to happen. But any other information you share with Foss, I need to be... I need it reported to me. I have to report back to Mortison. He uh, would be very perturbed if he knew that you were involved with Foss and didn't know all the details. Well, I think there's a lot more to Foss than he's letting on. He has an assistant daughter individual that goes by the name of Cassandra. Probably sweet on a 
crew member of mine. He's a bit of an enigma to us as well. We have such little information about him. He almost showed up out of nowhere, and yet clearly he has some sort of contacts and some sort of power. And uh, Mortison, again, is very interested in him. In fact, if you could get us any additional information outside of what, what he wants this key for, mm-hmm. and potentially maybe even divert the key to us rather than to Foss, I'll have to see if, if I get that direction. Uh, we need to wrap this up. Unfortunately, the rest of the men in my unit are not part of Spellbound, and if they find anything on your ship, they are going to react. So do you have any contraband on the ship? At that point, we will cut over to uh, the elves that are walking towards um, Everin. They, they're on the, the main deck, and they kind of look up at you, and they'll, they'll call to you and again, crisp elven. And what is your name? My name is Enna. Enna. And what is your position on the ship? I'm the owner. Excellent. I... Then you should know where all the nooks and crannies are. We will need you to lead us through the ship to search for any contraband. Do you have a manifest or anything to declare before we search? If you turn it over now, it will go better for you. Actually, I can't lead you all to all the nooks and crannies because I'm just the owner. I'm not the captain. I rarely am on this ship. I'm simply here meeting them in port, um, seeing how they're doing. So I don't spend a whole lot of time here. I have a trading company that I run, and this is just one of the ships that I own. How fortuitous for us, then, that you were here on this day. So uh, I'll need you to stay nearby. Do not leave the ship until we've conducted our search. Not a problem. And uh, I'll go to wave with my uh, phantom arm. And as I move my jerk my shoulder, I'll kind of wince a little bit uh, and recover and put it back against my chest. And then I'll pick my other hand up and wave as, uh, as if I understand what they're saying. All right, so they will then start making their way uh, into the galley, and they'll start spreading apart. So we'll go over to Lander. Lander is laying on his back right now, and Albie's laying on top of his stomach, and I'm just, like, slowly petting him as he's, like, kind of sleeping on top of me. Okay, uh, let's make that a animal handling roll to see if you can actually calm him down enough. You know what's funny is... Even though my wisdom, which handles animal handling, is really low, I'm actually proficient in it. Oh, fantastic. Oh, not 20! <laughs> no fucking way! Look, it's right there! That's a two. Yeah, it's a two with a zero next to it. Yes! Okay, so my right. wisdom is negative one. So that brings it down 19, but I'm proficient in it, so that brings up to a 21. Okay, so uh, so other than what you already described, what does it look like for this 21? Like, I mean, you can go a little bit beyond, like, how well, like, are you teaching him tricks? Is he well, I, I don't think there's enough room in this little cargo hold to teach him tricks, but he is just so comfortably just laying on me like I'm his, like, little pillow. And You're I'm, scratching his belly. I'm scratching his belly. Rubbing under his beak. Yeah, he's like purring a little bit. He's just low. I'm feeling them little like treats I had in my pocket. And he couldn't, he wouldn't want to be any other place in this small little hole resting on top of me right now. So Nat 20 just got you the title of Albert Whisperer. Yeah, he just fucking <laughs> loves me right now. Excellent. Okay, so they are not going to be able to find Lander. Uh, however, the the elephant, as it were, in the room is Cranthon. Is are they going to be able to find you? So, other than just not moving, because you're a giant, seven foot tall metal monster, how are you not being seen by these searchers? I shut the door and locked it, and I pulled the curtains on the 
little porthole window that looks through to the room, and that's where I stand right now. <laughs> okay. So after, in, the, in front of the door? I hope not. <laughs> so after a few minutes, maybe 10 or 15, you can hear you can hear voices that you don't recognize coming down. They are speaking in proper Elven. Again, you would speak Elven as well, so you understand them. And they they seem kind of bored, like they don't really think this is going to be anything. Uh, they're talking back and forth about... They don't even understand why they're here. That uh, Garrett just came to them and said, we got to go. You know, so they're not really sure what they're even looking for. Uh, they just kind of want to get this over. But they do, like you hear somebody wiggling the door handle on that uh, on the room that you're in, and you hear them say, like, why is this locked? And um, the other one says, well, just break it open. And the guy's like, no, just go get, go get one of the guys to open up the, the room. There's no reason to break the lock. So they're kind of having a conversation back and forth right now whether they're going to break the door in or go get someone. Are you just going to stay still? Are you going to interact with them or do anything inside the room? So as they, like, shake the door a little bit, the curtain just slightly slips open enough for me to see the door that's directly across the hallway. And so I hold my hand out, and I focus all my energy to try to cast prestidigitation on it to make it seem like it's shaking. Okay. So to clarify for our audience, since you've been in the... the Magehound's body, you have not had any magical ability whatsoever. No. And despite trying consistently for five years... I've always failed. <laughs> you have always failed. But, you know what? I've failed 100% of the time, 60% of the time. <laughs> I appreciate your your effort. So, I'm going to give you two things. First, I'm going to do a high-low, and then I'm going to have you roll... Um, 20. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be a 20, but it's got to be high. So, we will start with the high-low. I would say hi. Or you can always say equal, because I rolled two dice. They could be the same number. <laughs> That's always an option. <laughs> That's is a knobby code for it's equal. <laughs> I, I will Green tell, five. I will tell you right now, it's not equal. But I'm just letting you know that, it, again, for the honest, if anytime I say high or low, you always actually have the option of saying equal. If you say equal, and it is equal, something cool happens. Like, really cool. Yeah, because it's never happened in the history of me doing this. Okay. But it's not equal this time. That would require... I'm going to say high. High. Roll a d20. <laughs> <laughs> I got a three. You can Give me your token. All right. So the door across the hall from you starts to wiggle just a, a bit but it's just enough that the two elves it just turns their focus away they're like hey what what's going on in there so they turn around and they go to open the door and this one opens and they they walk inside and they're in there for four or five minutes and they come out and they just turn and, and leave they don't come back to your door you didn't feel anything so you don't know if you did it or not or if it's just happenstance or whatever because there's no indication to you that it worked but you I was trying really hard you though. feel like something <laughs> might have happened there I felt good about that they come back up stairs Best you can feel with a three <laughs> they uh they they uh they regroup about this time uh, Garrett is coming out with uh with Cade and he turns and says I'll need to arrest at least one of you for the night who do you like the least Cranton down in the <laughs> <laughs> Cranton, he's down the smuggling hole. Yeah. Let me show you where that's yeah. at. But realistically, Lander's hidden in Cranton. So it's just you hidden. or Oh and speaking of this, Sticks isn't actually here anymore. When you when you came back out a second later, he's not on Gee, the that guy's creepy. 
Well, given that my crew is currently up to some terrible debauchery, I'm sure, I guess you'll just have to arrest me. All right, so he'll he'll grab you by the scruff and push him forward. So I want to question this one further. Take him in. Did you find anything on the ship? And uh, they, you know, kind of give him a, a shake of the head and a shrug. He's like, very well then. And he'll look over to uh, Everin. You have command of the ship. As long as your captain speaks honestly, I will return him in the morning, mostly unharmed. And then he gives him a, a kind of a shove, and you hear him go, sorry, as he pushes you, like, roughly forward. Sounds good. Thank you, Lieutenant. Hey, easy on the coat. Easy on the coat. It's one of a kind. Everin will, uh, the back. Everin will say loudly as they walk off, Captain, you just know that I'm going to have to deduct today's wages out of your cut. Serious? A couple of the elves actually chuckle at that. And, uh, and they will escort you off the boat. and Worst the boss ever. So about 10, 15 minutes later, Kate is uh, escorted off the ship, and you guys can regroup back together. Uh, Lander's actually going to stay in the hole because he fell asleep with Albie on his chest because we were just so damn comfortable. <laughs> we can make that your quarters from now on. Only 10 minutes of air. <laughs> uh, Everin has no intention of, of going down to get him, so he'll wait until Cranton brings up Lander in conversation before he even bothers to think about him because he doesn't want to have anything to do with that stupid owlbear. Well, Cranton's not coming up either because he doesn't know okay. that the coast is clear. Well, again, I want to make sure this is clear. None of you know that this guy has any relationship with Cade, you don't know that he was after information. As far as you know, your captain was just arrested by the Empire. And well, I don't taken, know that either because he hasn't come well, down and told but me. But <laughs> when you regroup, like yeah. you don't know what's going on. So you really yeah. think Cade was just arrested. So you have all the reason in the world to believe that he may never come back because that's kind of how the Elven Empire works. So everyone will uh, wait for them to go out of sight off of the away from the dock. And uh, after that, he will rush down into the galleyway, into the hold and everything, undo his arm uh, as he's walking. And when I get down to the lower hold, I will call out uh, for La- uh, Lander and Cranthon. Um Tell them it's okay. Uh, they can come out and uh, we have to talk immediately. I unlock the door and then come out. When you say my what name, is it? When you say my name, you hear a startled bump. Because you woke me from my sleep and I hit my head on the ceiling. I break the, I break the wall down and mend it back up and come out with Albie. I wish you'd stop doing that, Lander. That makes such a mess. But I clean it up, so it's not really that big of a deal. Still unnecessary. Anyways, um, so we got a problem, guys. The, uh, the guards and the lieutenant just uh, walked off with Cade under arrest and said that he may or may not be harmed. Don't know to what degree. What's he under arrest for? He didn't say. I'm assuming just because they can. I mean, they're elves and he's a halfling. And So when are we breaking him out? We got to get him back. He said he'd return him in the morning, but I don't know that we can trust that. I don't, but... I don't trust it, knife ears. Well, nah, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. <laughs> no I, offense, offense. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I give Krantha a little knuckle bump, but yeah. <laughs> Breaks my hand. Yeah. I crush his knuckles with <laughs> Mend that. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what everyone thinks. So he did say that he would return him in the morning, which is both um, good and bad. He doesn't necessarily have to return him, but if he said he would, that kind of unusual for an elf to say. So we've got to go tonight. 
<laughs> the heist begins now. Well, on the other hand, though, <laughs> to be honest, we do, no, we not st- necessarily. We still have a week left, and if we he doesn't return by morning, that's still plenty of time to break him out before what we need to do. That's also plenty of time to drink all the alcohol he has aboard. And uh, Albie and Lander sneak away to the captain's quarters and with a bucket of water, refill the bottles. So Evan, no doubt at this point, knows exactly what Lander is doing as he does it every chance he gets. And you seem to have no interest in getting Cade back, uh, which is fine. So he will turn to Cranthon as Lander thinks he sneaks away. What do you think? Do we need to get him back tonight or do you think we take our chances? Why else would an elf say that he's going to return him if he really doesn't have to? How angry did the elves seem? The lieutenant was vastly different than his squad members. He seemed calm, collected, almost like he was playing coy. I don't know. It had a seemed to push Cade almost jokingly, whereas the rest of the squad members seemed, you know, rather uptight Imperial. I was just thinking I could go to Paleth and get him to scry on him and see how they're treating him in the prison. I figure we've got at least a couple hours until nightfall when we can even attempt to break him out if we feel like it's necessary. That's the best option we have so far. I'll go into the captain's quarters and I'll get one of his, uh, one of the hairs from his, or actually I'll just take one of his goblet that he uses for wine or dwarven sidecars or whatever. And, uh, I'm actually using that goblet right now. <laughs> yeah, you're going to see Lander. So the two, so the two yeah. of us walk into the captain's quarters and you see wa- Lander probably... You walk in, me and Albie are clinking glasses and throwing them back. If you don't know what drunk Albert looks like, then you're about to find out. Ain't no party like a drunk Albert, buddy. <laughs> Everyone looks over in your direction, shakes his head, and then realizes it's really not his alcohol, and he doesn't care. We still, like, slowly, like, mid-sip, both turn towards you like a kid, like, caught in the cookie jar, and like, uh, shit. So Cranton looks at Everin and says, who wants to be the bearer of bad news? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be me. <laughs> Lander, we need that goblet. Well, I, I, I finished the last little bit that I had in there, and I'm like, okay. And I hand over. I'm like, me and Albie can share. Wait, wait, Cranston, and I'll wait for you to uh, to take the goblet out of his hand. It now has Lander. What are we? What are we gonna call yeah, that? Yeah, but it's not. It's not Lander's possession. It's the possession of the captain. So, so because the captain it can hold, still be used. Because the captain holds it so dear, he has his essence of possession on it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we should take chances. Why don't you take a pipe off his desk? I don't. I don't think the captain's any closer to anything else in this room besides this goblet. He has this thing. Do I employ a bunch of drunks around here? here? I, I turn around real Just quick. two of them at least. <laughs> <laughs> I turn around and I grab I don't drink. <laughs> one of uh, the captain's or homebrew or bottles that I haven't touched yet. I'm like, I think he probably uh, respects this the most because he put the time and labor in to create this. Because this is his homebrew that he's actually made here on the ship. Very well, I'll take that as well. I'll just take that and I'll I'll flip the goblet upside down and set it on the table and say, Lander, how about you get your own goblet 
and stop stealing from the captain. <laughs> That's a good idea. And I will grab the round ear and drag him out of the room with it. All right. So you now have the captain's homebrew jug. And what are you going to do with it? So, Cranthon, if we want to get this done before night, do I need to take it to your friend or do you want to see how bad it is and take it? Give him a couple hours till you can go out. I can just take it to him. I'll make it seem like I'm hunting someone again. But if he's in the same spot, people are going to see you again. And it will look like you haven't succeeded the first time, which may cause issues. I mean, I could tell you how to get into his shop, but then... How long does it take to do the scrying thing that he does? Less than ten minutes. Could I take a note with me? Ah, hold on a second. So... Kranta will go down to his room and he will grab a piece of parchment and a quill and he'll write a quick note saying, I need to check on the whereabouts of this individual. The person delivering this is safe. And then I'll put my wax seal on the, I'll just put the letter K and then I'll put my wax seal on there. And then I give that, I give that and 50 crowns to Everin and Send you on your way. With the directions on how to get there, correct? Yeah. So I tell you how to get to his shop, and I tell you to knock three times and then slide your hand from left to right. And then that's how he knows that you're a customer and not just some random person. Got it. If you don't hear back from me in, say, an hour's time, uh, assume that something's gone wrong. Very well. Until then, stay below deck. So, um... Everin, you start making your way through uh, Macklin to the location that uh, Cranthon has given you. It's just now getting onto full dark, and there's not a lot of, you know, exterior lights in this part of the town. So it's actually quite dark, lots of uh, dark alleyways, not a lot of people, but you are seeing a few groups of two and three that are like at the edge of the alleyways, probably people dealing wares, uh, whether it be personal or other, you know, the more clandestine type things. This is definitely not a good area of the town. But no one seems to bother you. No one uh, seems to pay you any undue mind. And you are able to quickly enough get to where you're going. Uh, you do the knock and you do the wave. There's a just about a minute, uh, just about a minute passes and then the door opens. And it actually opens on its own. You don't, uh, like no one's there. And you hear a voice uh, from below saying, Come on down. Is the room lit? Uh, not really. I have dark vision, so um, so I'll look around the room real quick, just to scan it to see if. Well, this this leads like directly into a stairway going down. Like the door opens, and your only option is to go down. Oh, okay, okay. So I wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything, you know, right. iffy happening. Um, but um, all right. So my I give it a second for my dark vision to kick in and to change from um one vision spectrum to the next, and I will descend the stairs. All right. Uh, as soon as you get just a couple of feet past the door, it closes on its own, it, just like that. And uh, and you walk down, it's 20, 30 feet. Uh, it's not like a circular stairwell, but it, it is sort of curving. Uh, and when you get to the bottom, it, there's a landing, and that's basically, it's almost like a studio apartment that uh, we've been to before with Cranthon, and you see uh, Paleth. He is at a desk and he's like scribbling notes furiously and he just sort of looks up almost distractedly like, yeah, what, what do you want? Are you Paleth? Depends on who's asking. 
you see him kind of lean back a little bit, and uh, his hand is just moving towards something on that desk that you can't quite see. No need to get excited. I'm a friend of Cranthon's. His eyes kind of get a little bit wider. Cranthon who? The Cranthon you know from five years ago, the human, and the Cranthon that you know now, the Maytown that you just had a recent visit from. Why, why is he not here? I thought that maybe two trips in 24 hours might cause some suspicion. He and I are crewmates on a ship, and we've recently come into a problem with our captain, and he does the ear quotes, um, and we need you to find him and hopefully make sure that he's okay. So wait, you want me to break into a jail? No, no. Cranston said something about a, a scrying spell that you can do. Here's a note with some material. He said you'd be able to take care of it. He uh, he hefts the, the gold bag that's quite hefty. And he's like, that's good old Cranston. All right. So uh, what do you Did got? he overpay? Cause... Oh, no. He owes me a lot from, from gambling debts. So this is like a third of what he owes me. <laughs> Fair enough. He was never great at dragon dice. So he will uh, take take the canister, whatever it was that you you gave him. Uh, he'll start the incantation. A bottle. Uh, a bottle. It's, a bottle it'll take a few minutes for the for the spell to basically kick in. I'll stand back and lean against a wall, clo- uh, fairly close, so that I can see him perform his spell magic. He's a bit flighty. Like in my mind, he's kind of like Neo from the Matrix before he becomes. You know, Neo, he's kind of like a, the ma- magical equivalent of a hacker. He's kind of a loner type dude, lives by himself, says whoa a lot. And, uh, but he's, but he's good at his craft, you know, and, and you, he definitely has skill with what he's doing. And, uh, and before long, there's a very sharp image of, uh, a jail cell. And you see Cade sitting on the cot with his little halfling feet dangling. And, uh, He's uh, eating a meal and probably <laughs> as happy as he's been in a long time. Three hots and a cot. Better than what's on the ship. <laughs> You're not competing with an owlbear for this one. Everin will raise his eyebrows, clearly impressed with the spell. No point. Is this your guy? Yep, that's him. Looks fine to me. Yeah, surprisingly. Perhaps uh, the lieutenant that hauled him away was actually true to his word. All right, so get the fuck out. <laughs> I'll need that bottle back. It belongs to the guy in the jail. All right, here you go. So uh, Cranton mentioned that he wanted me to do something for him, but he was going to bring me something. Is this it? Are we done? No, you're going to have to do this spell again with something else. Well, I'm going to need uh, the other two-thirds of my payment. You must have spoken to Cranton about that. Yeah. When I get back to the ship, I'll get the uh, item that you need, and uh, I'll talk to Cranthon about that two-thirds payment. Great. Expect me back in a day or two. I'll be here. All right, with that, uh, I'll take the bottle back, because I'm pretty sure that Cade would be upset if he was missing his homebrew. And uh, I'll see myself out. All right, uh, you start making your way back to the ship, and you notice that you have a couple of people that are following you now. Not super close, Um Two guys, they're they're kind of like pretending to be drunk, but you don't think they're very convincing. They're just talking too loud and uh, you know kind of stumbling over each other. But it doesn't it seems forced, and they are making ground on you. Can I tell uh, what race they are? Uh, they are um, human. How close are they to me now? 
and they're getting closer. At this point, they're, they're maybe 30 feet behind you. How close am I to our boat yet? Oh, you're still a ways from that. And is anyone else out on the street? There are a few people, but again, no one's really paying a lot of attention to you. Um, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Ten. All right. Yeah, it doesn't seem like anybody's really paying much attention to you or them. Uh, I mean, it's a very sparse populated street right now. There's not a lot of people out there. Okay. So the next person that I walk near, I want to stop and interrupt. And I'll say, uh, excuse me, uh, sir, ma'am. I don't Okay. Um, roll me higher low or tell me higher low or, yeah. or equal. So you, you bump into a, to a, to a person. It's a guy, they, they kind of turn around somewhat startled face is really dirty. They definitely got some missing teeth. Uh, there's quite a few drugs that go throughout some of these cities, and you just kind of smell the. It's probably what's on their breath. Um, and as you start to, you know, interact with him, he he actually his eyes get really wide, and then he he gives you that rotten tooth smile, and he shoves a dagger in your belly. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out therpgacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the DriveThruRPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at therpgacademy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.